Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Transforming Trauma. I'm Eve, and I'm here to remind you that healing is possible. We need each other, and it's much easier when we don't try and do it alone. For today's show, I'm introducing a friend of mine named Martha, who is going to speak about her racial justice work and healing through creative arts workshops affiliated through the Survivor Theater Project. I'm so excited to have her with us and for her to talk about what this project and organization is all about. Um, Thanks for being with us, Martha. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So tell me about what brings you on the the show, about the workshops and what they've meant to you, what you hope people get from them. The Healing Through Creative Workshops uh, series takes place at the Women's Center in Cambridge on uh, one Saturday a month from September through June. They started originally as a part of the programming for Survivor Theater Project, and um, Melissa Redwin had started them as primarily theater workshops. So when I began to be involved um, in Survivor Theater Project, she invited me to join her for a couple of those, just as a way for us to get to know each other in the Um, in the role of facilitating. So um, we planned a couple of workshops. I guess we planned one together that we facilitated together, and then I think the next one I think I did. And and then as time um, continued over the next year, I think it was, maybe about a year after that, 
she was so engaged in a lot of the work, the other work and the other programming with Survivor Theater Project. And I said, well, I'll take on that and, um, and organize them. So it kind of just evolved from that. And my role is finding people who facilitate these workshops and the facilitators are also survivors of sexual trauma and the workshops themselves are designed as a way for people to come and use artistic expression to give voice to their healing process. The workshops range from anything from um, journal writing to painting to theater games to um, songwriting, um, collage. It's a wide range. And each workshop sort of calls on different people's um, tendencies and what they, the, the way they most love to give expression to their experiences. So the facilitator plans it. I work with the facilitator however much they need to help plan it in advance, and we advertise it. And um, a major so- source of support in this process has been um, from also Incest Resources, which is housed also at the Cambridge Women's Center with Elaine Westerland. She is very, um, very much of a central and key figure in the Women's Center community of people who are coming for resources for healing from sexual abuse. And um, so she knows the community well. And so as we developed these workshops over time, she, she would offer to, to us at Survivor Theater Project a lot of thoughts about like how much do we put out directly these workshops are specifically for heal, uh, healing from sexual abuse. Because in the beginning, we weren't necessarily saying that. It was included you know, as people were welcome, but it wasn't said explicitly. So we began to say that more explicitly, and um, we began to find language in the advertising that was as welcoming as possible and at the same time as specific as possible so people knew what they were coming to. Uh, it was a real growing process for me and continues to be so. It's, and, and for me, it just... It just makes me happy <laughs> going to these because I it it somehow just feeds my soul and my heart to be part of these groups gathering once a month and it's oftentimes there's some people who come frequently and some people who came who come a few times and there is this quality of tenderness and sweetness and respect and underlying that a remarkable quality of strength. I sit in these workshops and in awe of the, the, the strength and the courage of every person who comes and then, then inspired by the ways that people do give expression to what their thoughts are, what their history is, what their growing edges are. It's... it's um, I just find it so meaningful. And speaking through the arts anyway is a way to um, kind of come in through a different door to our own histories, whatever they happen to be. It's like mm-hmm. we use different parts of our brains and we engage in our bodies in different ways. And it just creates a, um, 
different neural pathways, you know, in our minds of what our experience is when we use the arts to um, to speak to for heal. ourselves. That's wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's I can hear your passion so vividly and evocatively. It's really incredible. I I know you from from these workshops, and it's been such a pleasure to to share those writing spaces with you and to to see what it's like to be a facilitator of these healing spaces and how I like I like the way in which you engage people participants and welcome them and empower them to take on leadership in that way. I, I feel like it's very unique in terms of the types of therapy groups and mental health care that we see that there's just this sort of respect and non-hierarchical way of saying you you've got a skill you've got a passion come come lead us you're you're welcome and it doesn't matter what your credentials are that there's something important about just knowing that there's a there's a space for you and there's a there's a place for you to step into your power so thank you for for the work that you're doing and for giving me and the listeners a bit more of the history and a sense of what what they mean to you um can you speak a little bit more to the inclusiveness and the, the learning that you were alluding to that's a little bit newer for you in the organization um the a, a little bit i couldn't hear the last word you said that's a little bit what oh, in the organization? Ju- ju- just you you mentioned something about a big learning for how you were marketing like the language you were using and i know from our previous conversations that there's a emphasis on on racial justice that is kind of front and center right now so what, is, right. what does that look like? Yes, that's actually just right now what we're, where our growing edge is. Um, and it evolved over the, the past year. It, 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 the issues around racial justice and, um, and the intersection of racial justice concerns and sexual violence, um, there are, I think, lots of ways in which they um it it serves all of us to look at where they meet and where there's crossover and where issues are held in common and where issues are different depending on where we come from survivor theater project has done um over the past two years i think maybe three years there's been a very concerted effort to do outreach and to um to bring the programming of the uh, performance theater series that happens every fall to bring that to communities of color as well as communities where they're primarily white people and um, as a result that sort of that the, making that a higher priority then has gradually brought more people of color into leadership positions in survivor theater project and then in the healing through creative arts workshops we are starting to to look at how can we weave that through um, our our experiences on these Saturday afternoons when we come together. Um, we're the next uh, workshop series in starting in the fall in September. That series is going to start off with a workshop that Layla Zainab is going to lead that will be um, asking those questions about. There's always the questions of, you know how how do you want to use the art forms that are accessed that day to 
speak about your healing from sexual abuse. And what we also now want to say is how and where and in what way is your background, your racial, ethnic, class background, how does that have impact on your healing process? That's a question that um, sometimes it's just obvious. It's just like, how could we not ask it? And how is, you know, it's like people live it. But certainly for white people, where there's so much that is invisible about the privileges that we live with, we can easily not ask it. <laughs> and, and it's so critical to, to put that right in the forefront. So, um, so we're starting with that. And um, we have some facilitators of color and a facilitator, a white facilitator who who are also part of this conversation as we um, eventually will bring them in to facilitate some workshops and caucuses um, around this question. So um, That's incredible. And I, yeah. just, I never can get over the fact that these workshops are, are free and just open to the public. It's, it's really rare. I'm sure people who are listening from other parts of the country and world are probably floored to, to hear that. Um, is, is there anything you can comment on on how that is made possible to the public? Oh, yes. Thank you, Jocelyn, for bringing that up. Um, through um, certainly through the very uh, very thoughtful fundraising efforts, we for a number of years did not have any funding in um, actual money, and the Cambridge Women's Center provided the space and the, the, you know, the, the overhead, the physical ability to come to a safe place together. And then Incest Resources provided a lot of guidance. And then Survivor Theater Project, we brought our, you know, our thoughts together about what our priorities were. And then in this past year, um, Layla wrote a grant that raised funds so that now we're able to pay the facilitators a stipend, which is really wonderful. And that then, of course, allows me to do a little bit more outreach to people because most of the facilitators are people who have come to a workshop or who have crossed paths with me or something in Survivor Theater Project already. And then I'll get to talking with them and there'll be something that they're passionate about and then it's just a natural thing to invite them to come in. And, and it, there's kind of this shared understanding that we're all in this together and so we're all sharing what we have to offer and everyone has something meaningful to contribute. At the same time, I, that meant that it just depended on who was already sort of in the network that I could reach out to. But now that we have some funding, it's allowed me to reach out a little bit further to people whom I may have crossed paths with but do not have any experience with the workshop series or necessarily and very involved with Survivor Theater Project. So that funding has really been a godsend and really helped us blossom a little bit more. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, maybe in the podcast notes, I can put a link in case people want to learn more about how to get involved or how to give money if they want to donate. And perhaps people in other parts might want to connect just to see if they might be able to get something similar started where they live. Sure. Right. Right. 
So do you yeah. think it's, it's challenging? Because I, I imagine, I mean, I know from experience being a facilitator that you're balancing preparing for these workshops on top of your 9-to-5 job, and I'm familiar that you, you teach music during the day, and so how do you balance your job and your personal arts projects? And I know you refer to this, this part of your life as your heart, heart's calling, which is so, so beautiful. When, when do you sleep? I know that that's also important <laughs> for us, us going through our personal healing and being creative and artists. So I know that that was a multidimensional question, but just how do you, how do you manage those challenges of balance? Right. Yeah, thank you. It's so true for all of us that we're always balancing because then there are those times where you have to go inside because something is coming up and claiming your attention so vigorously you cannot push it aside. You know, sometimes we can set things aside and say, okay, I will, you know, work with this personal, you know, process when I have time next week, next weekend, whatever. Sometimes you can't. And um, and so I I don't know I you know I have lots of ways that I I sort of um, work to balance I certainly have my own daily practices that help me every morning and my my meditations and my yoga and and friends with whom I can count on a lot of wisdom and love and kindness and um, and then through it all, too, is that, you know, like, as far as organizing these workshops, it's such a joy, and, and it feeds me so that I, I, I don't feel that it takes away. In fact, it adds so much to my sense and experience of connection and bearing witness to each other's healing in a community is such a, a powerful um, nourishment. So, so I guess that's a part of it is that that then gives energy as opposed to taking energy away. And then in the times where I feel like I cannot do any more tonight, I can't do any more this week, then as long as the sort of basics are there, then I'll step back and tend to other things that need it. But um, so it is a give and take. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's a river and sometimes it takes bends. And, um, and the best thing is that once there's a system set up, then I have a sense of, okay, by this point this needs to happen. And if I deal with it now, then that'll give a little bit more breathing space for later. And, you know. But in the beginning, it is more, it can be more stressful. And as we're rolling out this new um, priority around racial justice, it's it's taking a lot more thought and time. And and you know we were starting to move forward at a certain schedule and realized that was faster than what we were ready for. So thought, well, maybe we need to give it a little bit more time, think it through. And so a lot of it is letting it sort of paying attention to the natural organic emerging of truth and not pushing what is not ready to be birthed as we give it time then it will in fact speak for itself so i really try to respect that and also with people who are coming in to facilitate that 
you know, whatever time they need and whatever time, you know, when and where and how they need support or don't need to just, you know, say, feel like they've got what they need. So, so it's a kind of listening. Some of it's intuition. Some of it's just saying, okay, what do you need? How do you need it? <laughs> when do you need it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love hearing you share that experience. Um, it just reminds me of your unique, loving and supportive and kind of patient way of, of leading. Um, I think that's, that's really needed, especially doing this, this sensitive work where language can be sensitive and relationships can be sensitive and just you do things with such care that I know from experience volunteering in different organizations over the years, that it can feel isolating in some ways, but I never felt alone in organizing the workshop. It felt like collaborative from the beginning and designing a flyer and picking a title and figuring out the dates. And I always prefer to co-facilitate with someone, but I just, I loved feeling like I didn't even know you, but you wanted to partner with me. You believed in what I wanted to do. And I I just, I know I've thanked you, but this conversation just reminds me because I, I can get ahead of myself and, it's so important to have somebody in a leadership position who's, who slows you down and grounds you. And it is a process. And all of it, all the decisions, they, they deserve to have time and to, to be birthed, like you said, and to do it, do it with love and integrity and not to do it because it is urgent. There's no, there's no time. I want everyone to access these healing and these, these spaces as soon as possible. And I want them to be inclusive. And I, I do sense that urgency and, and the priority that your organization is, is committing to. And it, it's a beautiful thing to, to witness and to learn about. So thank you for, for sharing. There's, there's so many questions that come to mind, but I, at least for today's conversation, I wanted to kind of close with sort of the idea of my podcast is named Transforming Trauma, and i just like to ask what that means to you. And before you answer that, I just remembered a new question that, I've come to love, which is about self-love, which is really important to me and I think to a lot of survivors I know. And what what is something that you, if something comes to mind, that you appreciate about yourself or love about yourself today that might inspire someone listening? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So let's see, that was a lot. (laughs) Um, Huh. Well, what I would love about myself, uh, actually, um, uh, this morning I knew something was waiting under the surface, and I did not know what it was. And and what I loved was that I knew if I just put my hands on my heart and on my belly and I waited and I breathed and just sort of listened and followed that eventually something would surface, something would speak, something would emerge that would help me a little towards a little more clarity. And which it did. Which it did. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know, so so I, I think it is that um, trust. Yeah, I think that's what it is, is trust. And I also, I just want to comment about, like, that in your, like, when you were reflecting on your experience of facilitating the workshop, that 
I often feel like I'm actually following rather than leading. And I think maybe, I mean, I think both are happening. And I don't really even necessarily notice one or the other. And, and that, like, in working with you, I felt like, oh, you had these wonderful ideas, like with the flyer. You just had this beautiful flyer, and you had ideas about how to format it. And it's like, whoa, go for it. <laughs> and, you know, so that it's, um, it, it is such a shared process. And, and I guess, yeah, I, once again, that's what creates healing. Yes, and I, I agree. We can't do it alone, and it's we're so much more powerful when we let each other support each other right. and lift each other up, which is basically exactly what the Healing Through Creative Arts workshops are all about. Um, so to, I also, to close just in a, in, a few, yeah. in a few words, what were you going to add? Well, I also just wanted to add that this exciting um, sort of new process that's also unfolding at the Women's Center of the Birch House, which is carrying forward in um, yet another um, iteration and a, hopefully a, a, a beautiful space that is, as we speak, funding is being developed and submitted and grants are being written to support a space that's specifically for um, survivors at the Women's Center and it's a very there's a lot of passion going into that so it's another piece of this community that is growing and at this point flourishing just yes i'm so glad you brought that up i think that definitely deserves a whole other podcast episode because i know that we have a lot of feelings and passion and excitement about having more space to do these workshops and just a space to call our own um so we'll definitely continue that conversation and I'm excited you mentioned Layla, too, the director of the Survivor Theater Project, because she's interested in coming on a future episode and um, sharing her perspective on the work. So glad that you gave her a shout out. And just right. to wrap up, what in a couple of words does transforming trauma mean to you? To me, it's about taking what originally closed us in and using it instead to um, openness to provide mm. the openings for our hearts, for our souls, for our communities. Um, yeah. So taking where we have had to go in and had to protect and had to be so um, so cautious around our vulnerabilities and instead taking those vulnerabilities and using them as our guides to speak out and to create more and more thresholds where people can enter into connection with one another and build healing together. That is so beautiful. Thank you for that. That's really a, a gift today. That reminds me of a, a rooming quote about the broken places and that's, that's where the light enters you and that's exactly captures the sentiment that went into creating this podcast and I'm so glad that I could spend this time talking to you and lifting up your your voice it really it feels like the most healing thing when there's this give and take and there's no sense of power power over it's really power with and I think that's really the crux of what what happens with trauma is you you lose your voice and you feel invisible and unseen and I know from working together and 
getting to know you that that you are really transforming trauma in so many big and, and small ways every day. So thank you for the work that you're you're doing and the light that you you shine on the world. Um, look forward to continuing to collaborate and build on all these exciting projects. You're so welcome, Jocelyn, and thank you. Thank you for inviting me onto your your podcast. It's thrilling to be part of this. Oh, thank you. And last, I just want to plug the Rachel Grant Beyond Surviving podcast. You can learn more at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 